Hello and welcome to the Work Matters Podcast, where we talk about what matters at work and how to make it better. I'm Robert Richardson, here with Dr. Steve Hunt. Steve, what matters at work today? Getting discovered matters, Robert. People finding us, finding us and getting opportunities and chances to do things because somebody heard about us somehow and said, hey, I think you'd be a good fit about that. Have you ever sort of been discovered in your own work, Robert? I think I'm still waiting to be discovered, Steve. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's a whole thing. I'm an undiscovered genius. I keep waiting for people to realize my genius. Actually, you know, I I have a story that really does reflect this. I think it's really going to tie into the topic today. One of the sort of big career opportunities for me in my own life was for personal reasons, I moved back to the Northwest where I'm from and was kind of looking for different jobs. And the job I ended up getting, it was at Starbucks, which was a fantastic job. But the way that I got it was really interesting. I'd happened to talk to a guy at a conference in Florida. And since he was from Seattle, as I'm from Seattle, we chatted for a bit so that when I decided I was moving back to Seattle, I just sent him a note not realizing he was actually a really big, important executive at Starbucks. I didn't know that. I just was a guy from Seattle. Hey, let's talk. Da, 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 da. And he forwarded my resume on to somebody else in Starbucks who forwarded it to somebody else who contacted me and said, hey, we've got this really cool role. But I realized the whole thing was a result of I just made a positive impression on this guy. And that led to this opportunity I never would have found. So I think That's a great example of sort of being discovered. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. How do you kind of create this sort of seeming luck more often? And with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring our our host on right away. We are really excited to have somebody who's actually really focused on this today, Dan Swift. He is the CEO of Empire Selling. He's got over 20 years of leadership experience, spanning sales, marketing, business development. He successfully launched LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So he's at the heart of this whole discovering stuff. But enough of the bio. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. We always start this podcast with the same question, which is, why does this topic of being discovered matter to you? And and maybe how did you find this concept like about helping people get discovered. How did you make this the focus of your work? Right, well, um, let's start, I guess, with the uh, the macro, right? So I just do not believe that the world is a fair place. Let's start there, mm-hmm. right? And not every person is granted the same opportunities in life. Now, I'm personally driven and always have been by doing whatever I possibly can to help other people be successful. And in sales, um, you might call it servant leadership, compassionate leadership. Salespeople have always responded very well to that. And when you treat human beings as human beings, right? And then having worked at LinkedIn, combined the three years that I had at LinkedIn, and I've understood and, and I've really focused on how when you can master the LinkedIn network as one example, you can genuinely create opportunity for yourself. So my passion for life for helping other people, plus my knowledge of the world's largest professional network, allows those two things to come together. And so much so that LinkedIn even talks about it, right? LinkedIn talks about creating economic opportunity for every single member of the global workforce. So um, yeah, I feel very driven. It's become my mission to help as many people as I possibly can be successful. And, And it just so happens I've built a company around that to help people do it. Dan, I'm curious, you lead a sales training company. What does sales have to teach us about everyday life and being discovered maybe as a candidate? We all sell to some degree every single day in our lives. So think about when we're job hunting, right? We're selling our 
future potential to that employer. When we're interviewing, we're selling ourselves in the moment, making sure we hopefully we put our best foot forward, arguably in our personal lives, with our partners, with our loved ones, with our friends. I think there's always a degree of selling. We're not all salespeople because I think the sales professionals who are listening to this will say, uh-huh, not the case. Mm-hmm but we are definitely all selling to some degree every day. One of the things you touched on there is that we're all selling our future potential. I think that's Mm -hmm. something, you know, that people, particularly in a career setting, don't realize that there's a right way to do it, which we're going to talk about. But ultimately, you know, you get discovered because people believe you have potential, but they believe Mm -hmm. you have potential because you did something to sell them on the concept of what you're capable of doing. I think that's a really interesting point you just made about, you know, so much of a successful career is, demonstrating to others that we have potential to do more than what we're doing right now. And also telling the world what you want to do, letting the world know where you aspire to go in life. Sort of asking, being willing to ask for the sale. I think when I talk to sales people, at some point you got to say, hey, I want you to to hire me. I want you to talk to me. And people, I think they're uncomfortable with that. I think that's a really key point. You need to be able to sell your capabilities and your future. But how do you help people even to discover you? How do you ensure that people see you to begin with on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think um, even before LinkedIn, I would take a step back and say, what did people ordinarily do when they want to research you, right? They'll do a quick Google search or other search engine, but probably a quick Google search. Are you found, first of all? And if you're using LinkedIn well enough, your LinkedIn profile will be in those top search results. And then it becomes, well, the first impression matters so much. So the person who doesn't know you, who clicks on that LinkedIn URL, and the first couple of seconds that he or she experiences when they look at your profile is absolutely critical. So one of the super tactical things um, that you got to do is start thinking about your LinkedIn presence. And to my earlier point, like, what are you telling the world about who you are and what you want to do? Well, and I do like how you broaden it because that is a critical first step. We've heard from Doug Berg and others who have been on this show. You got to look yourself up. You have to see how the world sees you. So Google yourself and Google the things maybe you're good at that you would want somebody to find you if they were searching for someone with your kind of skills. And then look at people who are similar to you, who either have the same job that you have or are hunting for it and ensure that you're using some of that same tactic, same nomenclature so that you can be found as well. So I'm a person out there and I'm like, look, I believe that I could do more than what I'm doing. I want somebody to discover me. I've got potential to find me. What are the fundamentals for somebody who's getting on LinkedIn for the first time? What should they be focusing on and getting it set up so they're more likely to be discovered when they do that Google search? So super tactical. When you go look at your LinkedIn profile, hidden away in the top right-hand corner. Imagine you're looking at your profile right now on desktop. Hidden away in the right-hand corner, there's a little option, and it says edit public profile and URL. I would recommend starting right there, clicking right there, and seeing what the options are in terms of visibility, because I talk a lot about visibility creating opportunity, right? So let's get visible, first of all. And tactically, you want your profile to be public. Absolutely, you do, to be found. So get out there, be found. So when people run searches for you, however they're looking for you, you can be found. But then I think the other part of, in terms of thinking about the fundamentals before we dig deeper is look at LinkedIn as a community rather than a job board where you're going to go and post your resume on your profile. Think about it in that way because think LinkedIn's got nearly 800 million members around the world. 
that's one heck of a big community, right? And if you can tap into that community in, in the right way, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, it's way more than a job board. A job board is static, right? This is a community where people, if you put yourself out there, opportunity will come to you. There's two things that you said that I think really are, are important on that. First of all, I'll repeat it again, go in and edit your profile to set a public setting. But I think that's also something people realize that when you're on LinkedIn, it's different from like social media. So like when I do Facebook and stuff, I'm, I don't want lots of people right. to know about me. And I think part of that is recognizing too, that to have very different personas, your LinkedIn is to build your professional image. If you have another place where you like to share all your party pictures, don't do that on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. But on LinkedIn at the same time, share all the things you want to be known for because, you know, very, very public, which is sort of counter to, I think, how some people approach the internet in general. Mm -hmm. um, but the other point you made about community, which is you don't need to be known to all 800 million about being discovered as being known by the people that matter, mm -hmm. given what you want to do and figuring that out. So how do you find out that community? Yeah, so a few things to think of. And I think about LinkedIn in terms of building your network. But before even building your network, I think about, well, what am I telling the world via my profile? Um, think of it as uh, almost like four key things to zone in on. And I think about that first impression that I'm trying to make. So whatever your current situation, we're all essentially selling ourselves in the moment and we've got to make that graded first impression. So tactically, your picture. Like, is it a recent picture? And is it a true reflection of who you are and what you want to say to the world? And amazingly, when we teach um, these programs, some people still don't even have a, a photograph on their LinkedIn profile, which when you think about the way I've just described LinkedIn being this huge community or a networking event, it's like going to a network event with a bag on your head. That's, that's kind of the equivalent of not having a photograph, right? Massive missed opportunity. And people probably, you know, might not take you quite as seriously, right? So, so that would be one thing. The background on your LinkedIn profile, the second of the four things I always think about. So behind your, your profile picture, there's a huge amount of real estate, which if you do nothing with it, is that kind of boring LinkedIn gray. So if you're employed at a company, pick an image that represents your employment, or even the employer might even give you a LinkedIn background to put there. But if you're not, or you're looking, put an image, put something there that aligns to what you aspire to do or the industry that you're in um, to bring your profile to life a little bit, to make that you know, great first impression. The third thing I would talk about, and we can go deeper into this, would be your about section. So this LinkedIn used to call this your summary section, but they give so much real estate for us as members of the LinkedIn community to talk about ourselves and tell the world who we are and what we do and our accomplishments, maybe what we aspire to do. And, and guess what? Who we are as human beings outside of work. So there's a way to use that about section. And then the final bit is a thing called featured content, uh, which is where you can post videos or articles that you've been mentioned in or even LinkedIn posts that you put out into the uh, into your feed that you'd want to remain on your profile at all times. So again, that first impression, those are the four things that I always talk about. Well, I think that's good. So the picture, the background, the about section and the featured content. So, and I'm sure we're going to get into each of these in more detail. It's funny that the picture one <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was looking at my picture. I need to update. And I was realizing that this fear that people are going to look at it and then see me in a Zoom call and go, oh, man, 2020 yeah. was rough on him. He like 10 <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was actually asked, someone said to me, um, after the last 18 months, when I think about my profile picture, should it still be a blue blazer and a white shirt or should it be a little bit more what I wear at home? And still, from all of our research, the world still expects from a business perspective, if you were to meet someone in person today, wear what you would wear to that meeting. So whatever that work outfit is, is really what your, your LinkedIn profile should be. And it's going back to what you're saying earlier. This is your professional persona. Yes. So just as you address up for an interview, you get a picture like you take if you were getting an interview, that professional mm -hmm. persona. I think the background too is a good point. Robert, you often share that I think what people look at the internet for like an order of a second or something. Mm -hmm. or, so make sure there's something visually interesting that draws them in, but is relevant again to the professional persona you want to project somehow. Mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah, exactly. You you get one twentieth of a second, maybe one tenth of a second. Yeah. It depends on which study you're referencing, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, you only get a moment to make that first impression. So you've got to make that first impression in, in that one tenth, one twentieth of a second. And the goal, right, is for the person to, they're probably going to be on the phone, and the goal is for them to do one of those thumb rolls, right? And just to scroll down. So you've got to make that, that initial impression to do that. That's good. You know, and I can say on that point, use your friends, use your family, get feedback, have people look at this stuff mm -hmm. and give you this reaction. Is this interesting? Does it send a good impression? I think people don't do that enough, which by the way, sometimes will help you get discovered because they might go, I didn't know you were looking for a job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that getting a little more substantive, I guess, because, you know, the, the image matters, but then people will say they do thumb down and you go into the about section. Yes. And that's the, the challenge. What should you put on that about section? What would you recommend? So um, context is key, depending on your current status. We talk a lot about four sections of your about section on LinkedIn and telling a bit of a story, right? So when someone comes to your profile for the first time, think of it in four paragraphs. The first paragraph should be a snapshot of what you have done in your career. So if you've been in business for a little while, summarizing that in two or three lines, we can talk about the next kind of layer of kind of how to do that. If you are gainfully employed, then maybe the next, the second paragraph is a little bit about the company that you represent. In sales, we call it the elevator pitch, but giving someone reading it enough to know what the company that employs you does. The third paragraph, which so few people do, is who are you as a human being outside of work? What do you do? So if you were to look at mine, you'll see that um, I used to play rugby to a reasonable level. I'm a terrible golfer. So if you ever want to win any money, I'm your man. And I'm a father of two young kids. Another one on the way. Very exciting. And I take a very human approach to the world. I try and um, support people the best I can. So, so someone looking at my profile learns in those three sections, my experience, what I'm doing now, who I am. And then the fourth one is a call to action. So in sales, you're trying to drive people to connect, right? So connect with me on LinkedIn, feel free to reach out to me um, via email, whatever it might be. But if you're not in sales, then tell the world what you want someone now to do. So if you're interested, if you're out of work and you're looking for a role, say that. Say I'm looking for roles in these industries, leveraging my experience doing X, Y, Z, and feel free to contact me through LinkedIn. Yeah, I think, you know, well, first of all, I'm one thing to anyone listening to this, go out and look at Dan's LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Don't look yeah. at mine. I haven't updated mine yet based on what you just <laughs> said. Go, go out and look at Dan's on this because <laughs> that is so good what you you know said there. First of all, so the first section is sort of like the journey that you are on. The second one is where you are. 
And I want to talk a little more about this. Even if you're unemployed, that doesn't mean you're doing nothing. Right. So I think we'll come back to that because that was my next question. The, the next one is who you are and getting a little bit of what makes you interesting and personal. And then the fourth one is what you want, but in, in, a, in a good way. The two that I want to get a little more into is the second and the fourth one. The mm -hmm. second one being where you are, particularly, it's easy if you're in some highfalutin job that has a great title, like Robert and I, we always joke our titles sound so impressive. Mm -hmm. Chief expert, right? But what if you are just starting out or the job you're in is not the job that you want to continue doing or you're unemployed? What should you put in that section then? How do you present yourself well if you're unemployed? So if you're unemployed, talk about what you've done in your career to date, right? And the companies maybe that you've worked at, and then talk very much about what you aspire to do. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it can't, you have to take the people on that journey. So if you don't have the relevant experience for what you want to do, then you say, I'm on a journey to become a, or I'm interested in pursuing this, or I'm currently interviewing for roles to do why, but you have to put that out there onto LinkedIn so people know. They can't help you unless you tell them what you aspire to be doing. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine once told me this idea of being gainfully unemployed, mm -hmm. which is if you're unemployed, that doesn't mean you're doing nothing. And talk about what you're doing, particularly yeah. if it's relevant to your work. What's the best way to have that last paragraph where you kind of say, this is what I, how I'd like people to engage with me? I think it's being transparent and um, people always worry too much about um, their LinkedIn profile and what they put on it. Now, you're not going to say, I am actively interviewing for roles to do this. Of course not, right? Um, but there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm currently, let's say, is that in my world, I'm currently a sales development representative um, and I aspire to lead sales organizations in five to 10 years' time. Or I'm currently, I'm not working currently, I'm spending a lot of time researching the right next play for me. And when I'm not researching the right next play, I'm currently involved in X charity. I'm working with the foundation. I'm taking some well-deserved downtime with family. People are unemployed for lots of different reasons. So let's say what you're doing in, in the time that you, you have. What I find fascinating about this conversation is your LinkedIn profile sort of sits out there as a permanent networker for you you know what i mean it's like your avatar just permanently attending one of the world's largest conferences ever wouldn't it be neat right if you could start to curate uh who is bumping into your profile on a regular basis and i have to imagine dan you've got some really good tips for people in building a relevant network so that people are doing exactly that and seeing you so you can be discovered relevant you said it a relevant network so so the way that we think about this and it's so simple as a concept that we say send a linkedin connection request every single day to every single person that you have any form of meaningful business or personal interaction it has to be just become part of your operating rhythm just the way your, your day flows so when i talk about send a connection request to people you have a business interaction with that's colleagues, right? That's internal meetings that you're having. That's um, Zoom calls that you attend. That's emails that you receive from people, like the customers, partners. Every single day, find them on LinkedIn, send a connection request. Because when you have those interactions, bring those interactions onto that network and connect. And then personal interactions, I'll share a quick story with you. We just moved into a new neighborhood um, about 15 months ago. I was walking down the lane with my two-year-old and bumped into a new neighbor 
And we were chatting and he's got a young family too. And he said to me, um, what do you do? And I explained and I did what most people do. What do you do? And he works in private equity. And I said, you're on LinkedIn. He's like, yes, I am. Let's connect. And guess what? The very next week, I'm looking at a company that I'm trying to essentially have a conversation with. And guess who is connected to the chief <laughs> revenue officer? The private equity guy who's just moved into the house five do doors down on the left. You know? That's great. So that, that's the opportunity that LinkedIn represents. But if you don't get into the rhythm of sending those connection requests to the people that you're just engaging with anyway, yeah. you're missing opportunity. It's like encouraging serendipity. Yeah, well, it is. The other thing that that story shares, and actually Robert, my story, is that every person you interact with is a potential opportunity, but not mm. them directly, but mm. they may know somebody you know. So in my story, what made it work was that I took time to get this person's business card at the time. Mm. And then I took, made the effort to reach out to them. I think a lot of people don't realize that, which is making that connection. Ask Dan, that person, your neighbor saying, hey, are you LinkedIn and making that connection? So it's okay to make that. One other thing that I guess I'd share from my own tips on the opposite side of that, because I have a pretty big LinkedIn following is one, you can follow people, even if they won't connect with you, follow people. And I have people lots of times asked to connect with me. There is a right and a wrong way to do that, at least yeah. in my experience. If they ask to connect with me and I'll connect with them, they're in the same field, if they're in HR, I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, if you're an HR person. But if they immediately ask me for a job or something, it's kind of like, don't make it so transactional. Mm -hmm. However, if somebody says, hey, I really like the article you just posted and shares a comment, so that it makes it a personal request, then it's like, okay, well, you've shown an interest in me, I'll show more of an interest in you. There's yeah. sort of a, an interaction on that. Well, and use that message capability, period. You know, I, I can't count how many just connection requests I get, and there's no context. When you make that LinkedIn connection, you can send a, a little personalized note, and it oftentimes should go something like, hey, it was great meeting you yesterday. You know, I'd love to connect you on LinkedIn. Like reference what it was that you did or your reason for connecting so that that person doesn't, you know, either ignore you or, or worse, mistake you for one of these bots that are just continuously mm -hmm. reaching out and trying to connect with all of us, right? Robert, good advice to anyone in general, never be confused with the bot. If people think <laughs> you're a bot... <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, what you just said is huge because also some people are more active on LinkedIn than others, right? So if you don't customize your connection request, when someone actually goes to look at the connections pending, they'll look down it and they might not remember who you are, right? And, and so it's just that little note to remind them in that moment is, is so important. And, and kudos to you for actually accepting every connection request or most of the relevant ones in your field, um, because not everyone does. So, you know, you've got to, first of all, get into that person's network by customizing it and, you know, mentioning something that you've seen or read. Absolutely agree. But then if there is an ask that you want to make of that person, just be a little cool, relax, don't jump in there, engage with the person's content, um, you know, like a few things, comment on a few things, and then send a, a message to, you know, say something like, I really appreciate your post on X. Thank you so much for posting. And then build up a bit of a relationship because that person's highly likely going to respond and say, well, thank you very much for taking the time. And then after a couple of interactions, then make the ask. 
right? Because there's been a little bit of a, a rapport that's been built. What are the things you'd recommend somebody does to start building a brand, an image? So you're not just a name and a job title, you're a person that knows something or has some mm -hmm. opinion. What's your advice on that when people say, okay, how do I start building this brand? So I always think about if a couple of people are talking about you and you're not there, how do they talk about you? Like, how do they describe you? Um, and that's, that's your brand. So then bring that onto a platform like LinkedIn. It's how do you get known as that? So that becomes what you post. That becomes the ability. And again, LinkedIn is a community. So that comes down to what you put out onto the feed in LinkedIn, how often you show up on the LinkedIn feed and the kind of things that you're posting about. So when people who are chatting in that room about you, you've, you've influenced how they talk about you based on the content you put out there. And by association, you're known and start building a brand for those particular things. So how often would you recommend people post content on LinkedIn? Depends what you're trying to do. So for salespeople, um, any sellers listening to today, we recommend posting one thing every single day as a minimum. And because of the LinkedIn algorithm, people might go, oh my goodness, that's a lot. Actually not, because it doesn't show up in everyone's feed and we won't go into the details of the algorithm. That's a whole session in itself. Um, but it's actually not a lot of content, particularly if it's the right content. For folks who might be um, looking for work, it's the same kind of thing. Putting content out that's interesting to you so you show up in people's feeds. Something every single day, and that might sound a lot. However, when you think about it, Think about what you read anyway. Think about what people might forward you to look at anyway. There's a lot of material that's just out there and interesting. If you share it with your network, you start educating them a little bit on, on who you are, what you're interested in, what drives you. So it's actually quite easy to achieve that one post a day. But we teach what we call a 50-25-25 rule. If you are um, employed right now, you should be sharing content about your company. They employ you. You're an extension of the, the, the brand. And, and by default, you are associated to the brand of the company that employs you. There's, there's no escaping it. 25% should be about the industry that you're in or the industry that you aspire to be in. Right. So if you see something, let's say from and all from reputable sources, I share a lot from Forbes or Harvard Business Review on industry things that I'm interested in. And then the final 25 percent. And this is how you really kind of take your brand to the next level. It's the topics that you're professionally interested in. So I'm very interested in compassionate leadership. I'm very interested in mental health, particularly for men and particularly right now. And I'm very interested in elevating women in business. And I have a massive passion for helping military veterans transition out of the military into civilian life. Those are the things that just drive me every single day. So if I see something on any of those topics, I want to post that on LinkedIn because that's what I care about. And to your point, not only am I posting it, but I'm posting just a couple of lines as to why someone should take the time from their busy schedules to click it, read it, why should they care? And that's why I think about the, the blended approach to content. Are there tools or, or tricks that you're using when, when you post that content to make sure that it's seen? Um, hashtags. Imagine you posted something on leadership and it's from a great source. A couple of hashtags, we always say four to five on hashtag leadership, on hashtag compassionate leadership, hashtag leaders, um, hashtag compassion, so th those kind of hashtags, because people follow those hashtags on LinkedIn. So you will then get people who are 
um, what's called a third degree, right? Where there's no natural mm -hmm. opportunity to go find that person. There's no one in, that you have in common. But those people might be following those hashtags. And if you start showing up enough, they start thinking, who is this person who's sharing all of this great content on that particular topic? And then you find yourself getting connection requests from people who, guess what, might be the person who's your future employer, right? But if you don't share, if you don't get out there, visibility creates opportunity. I've said it a couple of times, but it's so, so, so important. So you get discovered. Somebody discovers you, they contact you, and again, you've got that quick first impression. What is the right way to engage with somebody, particularly on LinkedIn, if they do reach out and say, hey, I saw something and you want to go beyond LinkedIn to have more of a real conversation? I think it's taken the time to be genuinely curious about that person. And what I mean, be genuinely interested, take the time to go and look at that person's LinkedIn profile by, by way of, uh, of starters. Um, where have they worked previously? Where have they, what have they done in their careers? What are they interested in outside of work? Um, where did they study? What did they study? Have, what have they posted recently? So when you do then have that conversation, the first thing you talk about is them and talk about them <laughs> and then pivot the conversation to what you are interested in. Because guess what? People respond incredibly well to um, the fact that you've done your due diligence and your research and, and uh, you don't lead with yourself. So I, I would start with that. That's good. I like that point. Don't lead with yourself. Yeah. You know, learn about them. Are there any last tips or, or tricks you'd recommend for people looking to be found? Wow. Um, I think away from the tactical, I would take a big step back. And I think sometimes there's a, a mental barrier that's stopping you for whatever reason from doing anything that we've dis discussed in this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, that might be that you don't want to put everything out there about yourself for whatever reason. And you want to only just put a little bit out there where you want, you don't want all your settings to be in the way that I've described. And I would caution you on that because you're limiting the opportunity uh, that your life could bring you by doing that. So put the best version of yourself out there. Take the time to describe yourself in the way that you want the world to know you. Take the time to build your network in the way that you've described. Take the time to post on, on LinkedIn. And it becomes part of uh, your operating rhythm. Look at it as a networking opportunity, a community. I'll finish with that as a concept. This is not a, a static I think you said it earlier, this is not a static thing. This is an ever-evolving community and you've got to be present in that community. It's interesting you're talking about that, which really is, I think a lot of people, they're afraid they might actually be discovered. They might get that contact and it puts pressure on them to perform. And it self-confidence in studies, it's not talked about a lot, but it's one of the mm -hmm. single biggest predictors of career success is just self-confidence, not arrogance and egotism, just a belief in oneself. Mm -hmm. that I am a valuable person with valuable things to contribute. And um, I think people sometimes have a hard time with that. So I think it's a really good observation. I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you real quick, if I could. So I was in a comfort zone for 12 years. I was at a company called Confinet that was acquired by Thomson Reuters. I was there for 12 years. In my comfort zone, knew my job, knew my role. It was lucrative. Everything was fine. As soon as I stepped out of my comfort zone and joined LinkedIn, my, my career just exploded. The opportunities exploded. My income increased significantly. The opportunities that found me just changed. And I had to step out. And it was the scariest thing I ever did. 
but I never regret it at all, obviously. So um, comfort zones is something to really, are you, are you in one? If, if you're listening to this, are you in one? Wow. Well, there's a whole nother Work Matters episode <laughs> for the future. <laughs> Dan, again, thank you so much for taking time to appear yes. and sharing and your, your passion for this. And I, I, I do believe this is going to go along towards your own personal goal, which is helping other people find opportunities. It is such a privilege to talk with somebody who has thought about this so much and has really been right at the center of what is probably the single biggest opportunity to create a mechanism out there right now, which is LinkedIn. It's amazing, 800 million people. So thank you very much for appearing on Work Matters. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What were some of the takeaways that you took from that conversation? Well, first off, I learned that, Steve, you got to start using hashtags. In your yeah, post. that's for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I actually really like what ended on. Uh, I was going to bring that up as a major theme here, and, and that is building your brand, building your profile on LinkedIn is a process. It's not an event. You don't just do it one time and it's done. It's this ongoing process that occurs over the course of time. And you should really look at your profile and, and consider, does it need design work? But I kind of lumped this into three categories. So first look at your profile, see if it needs some redesign work, pay attention to the four quadrants that Dan talked about, and then be sure that you can be found, you know, as, as step two, it's building that brand and gaining the connections that again, occur over the course of time as you meet people every day and post content that they engage with, with that 50, 25, 25, rule. And when you get the chance to communicate with someone, that's your opportunity. So uh, don't make it all about you. Research the person that you're talking to. Talk to them about themselves. Frame it in their context so that they maintain a level of interest in, in you as well in a reciprocal fashion. And, and you begin that relationship that may lead to your next opportunity. Yeah. And there are opportunities. I think people sometimes forget that it, there's nothing selfish in sharing your potential and capabilities because other people are looking for this and we just need to focus, particularly I think it's hard when you feel stuck or unemployed, focus on doing things that make you feel valuable and then share those with other people. That's good for everyone. And, um, you know, Dan shared some great ideas on it. Well, thus ends another fascinating podcast on the world of work. So Robert, want to take us out of here? Yes. Thanks to our guest, Dan Swift of Empire Selling for joining us today. Thanks to our editor, Robbie Echevarria, to our chief sanity officer, Morgan Garner, and our sponsor, Domi Caputo, all of the SAP.io Foundry program for making this show possible. Thanks to the Open SAP team for supporting this and other educational programming for professionals. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we hope to have earned a new subscriber and perhaps a quick rating wherever you listen. We'll be sure to get you more information in our show notes. So if you're looking for more from Dan Swift, me, Robert Richardson, or the ever prolific Dr. Steve Hunt, look no further than that. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast because what matters? Well, today, getting hired matters. Being discovered matters. Work matters. Thanks for joining us on the Work Matters Podcast.